0: And welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews. You can read there anytime at Quipster.net. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I also want to let you know that I do another podcast that covers films of the 1980s. And it's called Around the World in 80s Movies. Just search for it wherever you're listening to this right now and you'll find it. Today I'm just catching up on some of the big movies, in terms of critical acclaim anyway, that I missed throughout the course of this year. I'm gonna start off with a film I really did want to see at the time, I ended up missing it while I was out in theaters. I ended up getting a screener and I'm going to review it for you right now. And it it's called Black Klansman. It's actually one word, because Spike Lee threw in an extra K to give that KKK right in the middle. Spike Lee is the director, as well as a co-screenwriter The screenplay had already been in effect before he took over the screenplay, in a couple of passes anyway. Charlie Wachtel, David Rabinowitz, and Kevin Wilmot also had their hands into the screenplay. The cast includes John David Washington, Adam Driver, Laura Harrier, Topher Grace, Robert John Burke, Frederick Weller, and a bunch of other people. It's an R-rated film. It does have language throughout, including a lot of racial epithets and disturbing and violent material, including some sexual references. The runtime is two hours and 15 minutes. Spike Lee here, like I said, co-writer, director. It's a comedic drama though. It's a very serious film underneath, but he films it as if it's partially a comedy anyway. It's like a lot of Spike Lee's films. It dips back to the past to comment on the present day. So Black Klansman, it's based on a memoir written by Ron Stallworth that was published back in 2014. It was called Black Clansman without that extra K in the middle. It was an idea that was originally pitched to Spike Lee by a comedian and fellow filmmaker, Jordan Peele, who thought that Spike Lee's observations of the era of the 1970s, as well as his own inclinations as a director of note for race relations, would be best served to command the story to its fruition. Lee thought initially when he first heard it that it was an absurd farce that was meant for a complete comedic take. He was uninterested, at least until he found out it was a true story. And from there, he played up some of those initially farcical feelings to play it kind of as a comedy that he had in mind. But he also ended up incorporating commentary on modern day racial politics that ended up seeping in at the time he was creating and filming this. Now, In Black Klansmen, we go back to the 1970s, and that's where we find Ron Stallworth. He was the first black police detective who ended up working for the Colorado Springs Police Department. In one of his first assignments, after he labored for a while behind the scenes to test the waters of being in a mostly white police force as a file clerk, Ron is then hired to go undercover to record a speech given locally by a black activist named Kwame Toure, played by Corey Hawkins. Toure was formerly known as Stokely Carmichael. He was giving a speech at a nearby nightclub in which the subject for his black audience was black empowerment, specifically in confronting racist law enforcement and their preparation for the perceived race war that Toure felt would be inevitable. The police thought that the speech would incite violence, but Ron saw the speech as just talk in that regard and Inspiring in a lot of ways otherwise, shortly after Ron saw an advertisement calling for so-called white empowerment by the Ku Klux Klan, he decided to gain information about the town's chapter of the KKK. He posed vocally as a white man by phone to score intel. In real life, he actually wrote to this P.O. box that they had there. He pretended to be a white person interested in joining the KKK, so much so that the KKK wanted to actually meet him. So he ended up having to actually get a fellow white officer, a non-practicing Jewish fellow undercover narcotics detective named Philip Flip Zimmerman, who is mostly fictionalized in this film. There was a white officer that pretended to be the African-American Ron Stalworth, but his name was not Zimmerman. He also was not of Jewish heritage to our knowledge. Just a narrative device here, not based on reality. Zimmerman here played by Adam Driver pretending to be the real Ron Stallworth when the local chapter leader asks to meet Ron in person to continue their conversation. The risks end up getting sky high because the decision to infiltrate the organization begins to take hold. The KKK is not only vehemently against blacks and Jews, but they also are set to be targeting the students who've organized their own rallies, including Ron's would-be girlfriend, a local black activist named Patrice Dumas, who happens to be here a fictional character for the movie's narrative purposes played by Laura Harrier, they want to inflict real violence, usually only given lip service, at their mutual get-togethers. Now from there, Spike Lee captures both the very real dangers of the racial divides in our country, but also the comedic qualities of the infiltration, as well as the farcical nature of the so-called organization as the KKK wanted to re- refer to itself publicly as this invisible empire of sorts, especially once it incorporates conversations into KKK grand wizard David Duke, who ends up making an appearance at the Colorado Springs chapter. David Duke here, played by Topher Grace, the back and forth conversations between David Duke and Ron Stallworth are rife with ironies, and Spike Lee deliberately draws the correlation between the hate speech of the late 1970s and the sloganeering and the speeches that gave rise to a certain president that's sitting in the White House at the time of this film's release and this recording. The Klansman characters, other than David Duke, are fictionalized, as is their terrorist plot, to bomb the black activist that culminates in the film's climax. That's definitely added there. To give a little bit more gravitas to the overall story and to have a conclusion, Spike Lee does not hold back here in the racial epithets or in the sugarcoating of the vitriol involved in the racist language or actions of the KKK or in the racism that pervades law enforcement and their treatment of people of color as they routinely pull over, seemingly for no reason other than harassment depicted here in quite a scary fashion, mostly due to Spike Lee's commitment to his characterizations he keeps all of these characterizations on the side of the real, even when toying with each one of them as comical caricatures themselves for the purpose of adding some levity to the film. Nevertheless, Spike Lee is patient in telling his story here and in not completely portraying one side as without any virtues at all, even though it's obvious that he views Kwame Touré, for instance, as inspiring and David Duke. As another instance as a buffoon whose only source of danger really is that he recruits many people into this cause of power to assure that people of color or of certain face do not get to be part of the great america or the pure race as they see it we start off the film with a scene from gone with the wind and then later on in the movie the first narrative film of all time birth of a nation those are shown in clips here to establish to the viewer us of the decades of so-called white might that had been a casually accepted norm something that many people find shocking when looking back at cinema's use for perpetuating the racial views of bygone eras to new generations of people in many respects the film also casts a critical eye on how black people have had to question themselves on having to perpetuate this racist system If you're an actor, you're appearing in films that are racist. If you're a cop, you're having to protect people who are racist. The waitstaff at the Klan event having to serve food to these racists, all causing a lot of conflict within black people themselves and trying to make it in this white-dominated society. The determination of trying to change it from within, whether through assurance that they are not the enemy or in taking down the system, perhaps in a much ballyhooed revolution, as so many Black activists had been preaching at the time. Now, if anything, Black Klansman is a very mature Lee work here. He picks his spots on when he's going to reveal his inner outrage at the underpinnings of racism within American society that had been dormant, at least vocally on television and in print for so long, only to have it revealed in the current election cycle in which One candidate has employed dog whistle politics to try to draw out voters from the alt-right crowds to his cause, ones that had been disenfranchised for so long. The film ends on a powerful note with real-life footage of the march from white nationalists who were gathered to unite the right in Charlottesville in Virginia in 2017, including bits of speech from President Trump in the aftermath as well as the older David Duke. In their similar responses to the violence that ended up erupting there that claimed the life of Heather Heyer, to whom the film is dedicated. It's a a potent gut-punch reminder of how the seeds of racism that were planted from the country's inception continue to bear some very wicked fruit when given nourishment from the likes of our political leaders who are more than willing to exploit the racial divides if it suits their own purposes. Now, race relations are certainly a main staple within a Spike Lee joint, but not all of his attempts have been as inclusive to the mainstream moviegoer, such as Chirac, which was a brilliant film in many respects, and just as potent and relevant, but it really didn't preach to anyone not already in the choir of celebrating Spike Lee's praises as a filmmaker. Do the Right Thing perhaps will always be the pinnacle in Spike Lee's career in this regard, but Black Klansman, outside of its provocative title, was certainly as accessible to most moviegoers who aren't already wearing MAGA hats or clanhoods hoods, or I guess I would say the people who think that black power and white power constitute the same thing in America probably are never going to understand the distinction within a Spike Lee film either. Now, Lee here sees the humor not only in the undercover cop case, but also in the absurdity of a white power movement in a country that has always had white power and the profundity within a black is beautiful movement in which whites are always heralded as the pinnacle of beauty to try to suggest that black people can be just as beautiful as well. Beyond the messaging here, the film features terrific acting, very beautiful cinematography here. Spike Lee decided to shoot it on film, which is pretty much a rarity these days. Very powering score here. For many reasons, I think both as cinema and as social commentary, Black Klansman is an eye-opener, and further proof that Spike Lee is one of the most important voices on race in our day, whether filmmaking or not, and I think that it is a very good movie three and a half stars out of four is what i'm giving black Klansman. three and a half stars on my scale means i do think this is a good movie and it's worth going out of your way to see if you haven't done so already if you're interested in not only spike lee as a filmmaker but also race relations and just seeing a really good story told well with some laughs and a lot of stuff to think about afterward definitely recommend black Klansman for that so three and a half stars out of four goes to black Klansmen. if you have any thoughts on black Klansmen or Do you have any requests on what other movies I should be looking at as we get to the year end and I'm starting to compile my list of the year's best, you can write to me. You can find my contact information at my website. That's at quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. And until next time, please enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies or even if you're catching up with some of the year's best movies at home.